Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Jim Grogan, who is with the Miracle League of Southeastern Connecticut. Jim. Pete. Welcome, my friend. How are you? I am doing very well. Good. Thank you for inviting me to talk about the Miracle League of Southeastern Connecticut and our upcoming Oyster Festival. Well, thanks for coming down. Thanks for coming down. Jim, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with the Miracle League. A little bit about myself. So I worked 41 years in nuclear power. I was on nuclear submarines okay. for six years, way, way back. Oh, wow. I was out of Groton, Connecticut, the final four. Sure. And out of Groton, I ended up working at Millstone Nuclear Power Plant. Oh, nice. And around 2018, I got a little bit tired of working and <laughs> thought it was time to retire. Okay. Um, but for many years, just the hours I worked prevented me from getting too involved in community type right. planning and helping, and I mm -hmm. always wanted to be. Absolutely. So as soon as I retired, I had heard about this great group starting up called the Miracle League of Southeastern Connecticut. Right. I looked up Dave Putnam and he invited me on board. Right. Absolutely. So what exactly does the Miracle League do? I get asked that question a lot. Okay, good. So, first of all, our motto is every child deserves a chance to play. That's right. And that's what we do at the Miracle League. So, as all of us when we were growing up, you know, team activities and sports and just being active is really great for the body, the mind, and the soul. But that kind of leaves out a whole group of kids who have physical and cognitive challenges. Right. And a lot of those kids also have brothers and sisters who play on a lot of these sports, basketball, soccer, lacrosse, and these kids are often just sitting on the sidelines watching. What the Miracle League does is we provide an opportunity for these children in a safe, controlled environment for them to participate in team sports and recreational sports. And they, they just absolutely love it. And it also gives an opportunity for the families and those kids to make new friends and acquaintances. Absolutely, absolutely. Now let's talk, Jim, let's talk a little bit about the, specifically, the Miracle League of Southeastern Connecticut and the building of our field. All right, what I'm, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go back in history a little bit for sure. you, Pete. Sure, oh, absolutely. So the first Miracle League was actually built in Georgia in 2000. Okay. I don't have any of the facts or details of how they came up with the idea, who thought of That's it, but okay. they, they were genius. Okay. <laughs> and so the first field was built in 2000, and just like every other good idea, it spread like wildfire. Absolutely. And before you knew it, there were Miracle League organizations and Miracle League fields popping up throughout the continental U.S., mm -hmm. and then it spread to Canada, Puerto Rico or even out to Australia. Then in 2016, okay. Connecticut got its first Miracle League field right. up in West Hartford. Sure. Um, and it was a huge success. Families were raving about it. The kids love it. Were, the only negative comment at all, the complaint, was that families were saying, we have, have to drive over an hour from some of the families from the shoreline right. in lower Connecticut to get to the field. They were willing to do it. They were like, is anybody else looking to build a field? <laughs> and in November of 2017, mm -hmm. Dave Putnam, right. the uh, head of East Lime's Park and Rec, decided he would like to build a field in the East Lime area to serve the children of Southeastern Connecticut. Ah. Um, what was extremely helpful was two of the members from the West Hartford uh, Rich McCarthy and Mike Michaud okay. kind of helped mentor Dave in the beginning. He kind of help, helped teach him how did we put the organization together, what is the costs going to be of the field. So this way Dave was able to take his dream 
and put the nuts and bolts together. So from his discussions and meetings with Mike and Richard, he was able to tell just to build a field needed $500,000. Ah. But Dave didn't want to just build a field. Right. Dave's vision was a field with an all abilities playground and a large facility for bathrooms for families. Right. So Dave's vision was to raise a million dollars, break it up into two separate phases. Phase one was to raise funds to build the field. Okay. Phase two is to raise funds to build the family bathrooms and the All Abilities playground. Right. The other part, even though Dave is the director of Park and Rec for East Lyme, no money from the town or the state was to be spent. This was all going to be from donations and grants. Very nice. So that was the start of it for East Lyme, started fundraising, and by January of 2020, we had raised $550,000, wow. enough to complete the designs and start the construction of the field. And as you know, yeah. out of good ideas, other ideas just kind of come out of nowhere. Absolutely. And so I think most people who are watching know the name Kevin Ollie, yeah. the ex-UConn basketball star Absolutely. and coach and national champion. Yeah. Kevin has something called Kevin's Court. Okay. And I think we're going to take a, take a look at some pictures of Kevin's Court. Chris? Yes. Um, I first saw Kevin's Court up in West Hartford, not at the Miracle League field, okay. but there's a all accessible playground there, all abilities playground called Jonathan's Dream. Okay. It's probably the state of the art all ability playground for the whole country. And part of it is a Kevin's Court like this. So Kevin partnered with us and donated 100% of the proceeds to build this court. Okay. So it was built in parallel while the Miracle League field was being built in East Lyme. And I can tell you from walking by there, it's in constant use. As you can see from the pictures, it had baskets of mm -hmm. all sizes at all levels. Right. So everyone of all abilities was able to use and participate in basketball games. There. Absolutely, absolutely. You guys are a very busy organization, and we're, I'm going to put uh, both of us on the spot. As you, you know as well as I do, we're both members of the committee. That is correct. As a matter of fact, we sat together, we sat next to each other at a meeting the other night. It's Thursday <laughs> yeah, night. That's right. At a monthly meeting. Exactly, and it's, it's just a very worthwhile organization. Yes, it is. It is. And everybody, everybody's very nice. So as far as everything goes with the, Kev, we talked about Kevin's courts and we showed some pictures. Now let's start a, a discussion on how your Miracle League field was utilized this spring and summer. Okay. I'm going to go backwards a little bit for right, you. Because not everyone, even though we're going to have pictures for them, not everyone knows what a Miracle League field is. Because oh, okay. I've gotten that question just as much as what is the Miracle League. Okay. And regular Little League fields is a challenge for a lot of the kids with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Just the difference in heights between the dirt and the grass, mm -hmm. the pitches mound, the bases themselves, and some of the dugouts are inaccessible. So Miracle League Field, which is the foundation of every Miracle League organization, yes. is a specially designed field with a synthetic rubberized top with cushioning underneath, right. and it is a smaller compact field, and it is cushioned and totally flat. Okay. So it is flat pitches mound, the bases are drawn in with the foul lines, the dugout is nice wide openings and is field level still protected by a fence from the field, but it's easy to get into and out of. Right. And home base is just drawn in also. 
So that is the design of the Miracle League field. Okay. Uh, I've walked on it, as you have too. That's right. Brought you last week, and it is That's nice right. and comfortable to it walk is. on. It's, it's hard to describe because it's cushioned, but not squishy. Right. <laughs> and so that field said it was ready to go in summer of 2020, but as you know, yep. everything came to a great halt last year. Uh, yeah. So it went unutilized. But in the spring of 2021, we were able to get activities going on our Miracle League field. So we played baseball, we played kickball, we played lacrosse, and we had a dance group from Eastern Connecticut Ballet collaborate a shine program for dancing on the field. Really? So it was a very busy weekends on the field. Oh, wow. And our baseball season, the first, the summer league season, yep. culminated with a new event that we just invented this year. Oh boy. It was the Miracle League of West Hartford came down and played the Miracle League of Southeastern Connecticut in a rousing game that ended in a 28-28 all tie and the kids were just ecstatic and loved it. Really? Yes. Oh wow. And one of the other great features of having this field too has been the volunteerism. A lot of the high school baseball plays in the area come on the weekends to help volunteer to assist, assist the kids. And the kids, these are like the kids' heroes. They yeah. show up in their uniform right. and the kids love them. And they, they've made a lot of great associations with that. Absolutely. And I'm sure, I'm sure we, we haven't talked about this yet, but how has the Miracle League handled the pandemic as far as getting out there, raising money, doing all the regular things at a local <laughs> nonprofit? Just yeah. like everybody else, it was a huge challenge yeah. to us for about a 15-month window. Gotcha. And pretty much everything came to a stop. Our largest fundraisers, which we'll go over a little later, mm -hmm. are the Oyster Festival yep. and Playing for a Miracle at Mohegan Sun. Both right. of those were put on hold last year, right. pushed off to this year. Um, also, a lot of our fundraising goes through the local businesses, yeah. and we did not want to ask for too much because a lot of local businesses were challenged with just staying afloat, staying viable, and all the restaurants obviously were having issues yeah. in. Also, just a lot of their money was being diverted to, for a better cause. And right. one example is there's a major real estate agency who's donated to us before and were ready to give a large donation when COVID came through. Oh, no. And they approached us and said, we're not gonna give you guys the donation, we're gonna give it to a local food bank. And yeah, we're like, that's perfect. Absolutely. So that's, that's what it should be done right. with it at this time. So we did a couple of small things just to try to stay. Um, Olivia Formica from sure. Flanders from Fish, Fish the right. head chef there. We did a Zoom fundraising where she actually uh, did some cooking. She showed her one of her recipes okay. online. And then we partnered with a local wine shop and did a wine tasting. Okay. Uh, so there was a little bit going on, but we were kind of just in a hold mode, right. both in kids playing, all the activities we usually have arranged for them were on hold, and for our fundraising. I was going to say, you mentioned Olivia Farmica. Her father's a regular with me. Oh, Paul. Senator. Excellent. Senator, Senator, Senator Farmica is a regular on the show. As a matter of fact, I have him, him booked in October of this year. Is it Jim, would you mind sticking around for another segment? I would love to. All right, we'll be right back. Community TV, 
your neighborhood TV. Publicly funded and a reliable partner for cable companies nationwide. It provides transparent coverage of local and state government, education, and public programming. A digital town green that can be watched anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Watch us on today's high-tech distribution methods. Community TV in Connecticut. Local. Unfiltered. Reliable. And, and yours. yours. I'll be seeing you. You know, the, uh, the thing I've missed the most um, during this entire time, this pandemic, has been you. I love playing to a live audience. There's nothing like it. The COVID-19 vaccines are going to help us all get back to the moments we miss. It's totally normal to have questions. I did too. That's why it's so important to get informed. So ask your doctor and get the facts. It's up to you. Well. <laughs> Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti singing with Jim Grogan from the Miracle League of Southeastern Connecticut. Jim, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. All right, we're going to talk about, we're going to open this segment talking about things happening in the fall of this year. We have a full fall slate. We're going to have our Excellent. fall baseball season. Right. And all of this is going to start Sunday, September 12th. Okay. <laughs> and when the mornings... We'll be running a soccer program. Okay. In the afternoons, we'll be running our, our um, baseball program. And in the late afternoons, well, again, we'll be collaborating with Eastern Connecticut Ballet and doing the Shine Dance program. All right. So it's going to be a very busy fall in that way. Also, it's not just the sports on the Miracle League field that we collaborate with. And we've been doing some of these things for many years, even before the field was built. Really? So upcoming this week yes. is something called I Can Bike. Yes. For five consecutive days, yep. children who signed up, who have no ability at this time to ride a bicycle, get 75 minutes a day for five consecutive days okay. on a specially designed bicycle with Special with um, instructors who have mm -hmm. been specially trained, right. and the kids get instructions. And the goal is that by the fifth day, kid can ride the bike unattended for 80 yards. Oh, cool! I know we were talking to Mike Michaud of the Miracle League of West Hartford. They just ran their program two weeks ago, right. and he says they had an 80% success rate of kids who started not able to ride the bike at all to by the end of the week being able to ride unattended for 80 yards. Really? He was very excited about that, and we're looking forward to our week, and this, we've been doing this for years. Yeah. Um, also, upcoming this week, August, again, let me get the dates. August, no, next week, sorry. That's okay. August 14th yep. is going to be Kids Sailing Day on sailboats in collaboration with the Niantic Yacht Club. Aha. And that'll be kids of all ages. And then right after that is our adaptive kayaking program, a collaboration with Three Bells Arena in Niantic. Okay. And that's August 16th to 20 for kids eight and older. Oh, cool. And then as knock on wood yes. if with COVID we'll go back to our basketball program okay. in the November time frame this year. In 2019 when we ran this program we had 31 kids participate from 11 different towns in the area. Really? So the first year we actually had to break it up into two separate groups. So those, those are the activities coming up. Wow. 
You guys are a, we're a very busy organization. Very busy and lots. Uh, the, the volunteerism that we get to help the organization yeah. is amazing, Absolutely. especially through high school kids. A lot of high school kids in the area love to help the, kid, the Miracle League kids. All right, so we talked about events coming up with all the events mm -hmm. coming up. Now, let's get, get, let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> let's talk about food. Food, fundraising. Food. Let's talk about food and fundraising. Two things Pete, the Pete Mazzetti Show crew, I'm sure, loves to talk <laughs> about is food. Well, we have two major fundraising events every year. Right. One of them is the Niantic Oyster Festival. This yes. year it'll be on Saturday, September 25th, okay. from noon to 6 p.m. Okay. And um, I, I think while, while we talk about it, I think Chris is going to pop up some pictures of the Oyster Festival. So, Chris, if you would. While we're waiting for the pictures, I, yep. can, I can start yeah. discussing it. Yeah, absolutely. When, while we wait for the pictures. So we have, oh, there we, go. we have live music okay. throughout the six hours. Uh, we have whiskey, wine, and coke who will be our openers for the third consecutive uh, Oyster Festival. Right. We have the Paul Lucier Band, who is very popular in the area. And right now we're in con con discussion with two separate bands. Okay. And I, so I don't want to name any yeah, of them until we have a firm right. commitment. Okay. We have a children's corner, which is fantastic. Children do lots of arts and crafts. They have um, sensory tables. They're going to be doing game, lots of games. Okay. And so the parents and children always enjoy that. We have three breweries. Okay. And I specifically want to call out two of them, Graysale Brewery, okay. Brewery and Outer, Outer, Light Brewery. Outer Light Brewery. And the sure. reason I specifically want to call them yeah. is because generally the way we make money in this festival right. is that the vendors give us 25% of their proceeds at right. the end of the festival. Correct. Those two breweries are donating 100% of their proceeds to the Miracle League. Wow. So we're oh my goodness. very delighted to have them Absolutely. on board. Plus, they both have excellent beer. Um, we I've had Outer Light. I haven't had the other one yet. Okay. And we have one, two. We have four oyster vendors. Okay. And then, as you talked about food, right. we have Lillian's Cafe. Okay. We have the Black Sheep. Yeah. We have Beer Fat Fry Guys. We have the ever-popular Waffle Truck. Aha. We have Curb Your Appetite. We have Nora's Cupcakes, who sold out about halfway through last mm. year. She's two years ago. She's promising to bring more cupcakes and okay. Tony D's ice cream, and John Fish, the fish guy. Okay. So that's the day planned right now, noon to six, and it's at 400 Main Street in downtown Niantic, behind St. John's Episcopal Church right. on the green area. Okay. I have to give a shout out to Father Tony Donato for once again. Say, right? Keep supplying us with the area for no fee, and it's a big, beautiful green area. Right. Right in downtown Niantic with the train tracks and then the Niantic Bay on the other side. I can say you and I drove by the venue the other day. Yes. <laughs> and how did the idea of the Oyster Festival come about? There was a woman at the time named Julie Wilson, sure. and it was completely her idea. It's something she'd always wanted and thought Niantic area should have. She right. just thought Niantic screams <laughs> oysters and oyster festival. Right. She had seen successful oyster festivals in a couple of other towns, like the Milford Oyster Festival. Oh, sure. Highly successful. They've oh, been absolutely. They've been doing this for over 30 years. Right. I mean, this is this will be our year three. Right. So we're still on the baby steps, exactly. trying to improve and okay. catch up to where they are. But this was Julie's uh, pride and joy. She put it together, 
and then I was handed the baton this year. <laughs> so the Oyster Festival again is when? What date? Saturday. Yeah. September 25th. Okay. From 12 noon to 6 p.m. Okay. 400 Main Street behind St. John's Episcopal Church. And there's something for every. Everybody. And there's something for everybody. Now, but we're going to come back to the Oyster Festival. But from what I understand, a little birdie tells me there's something about a car involved. Well, right now yes. we have a raffle going on. Okay. So this kind of rolled out, this collaboration right now kind of rolled out of the fact that there was what we discussed earlier with the low fundraising. Yes. So us, the Children's Museum of Niantic, and okay. the Downtown Niantic Business Association sure. combined together. We bought a Toyota Supra All right, we'll and are selling $100 raffle tickets to win the car. Okay. This car generally retails for $56,000. Okay. As I said, the tickets are $100 each, which tend to be steep, but we're limiting the amount of tickets we're selling. Okay. So at this point, we've sold about 550 tickets, and the drawing will be on October 20th. Okay. So we're getting close to the drawing. Sure. And this, this is a fantastic car. It's a nice little sports car. I got to drive it once. Oh, did you? Yes. Okay. It's like being in the cockpit of a rock. Of a oh, rock. really? Yes. Really? You just feel fast sitting in it. Very zippy? Yes. Okay. Okay. And, and so, 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 the, so those tickets are available now until? Correct. Said, until, right up till we put pull it in October 20th. Okay. Um, if you want to take a look at it also, other than this picture was shown, yep. please go to our Facebook page, MLSECT, Miracle League of Southeastern Connecticut. Okay. And it'll show you on the Facebook page and also right off the Facebook page, you'll be able to buy tickets. Okay. I was gonna say, uh, I'm sure you guys have a website with information on it. What's the website? MLSECT.org. And what types of information can people find? Again, uh, everything. just about everything. Uh, right now, I would say the Facebook page has more of the pictures of the everyday activity. Gotcha, okay. And you know, when we're talking about uh, fundraisers and talking about little pop-up activities, right. there's pictures on a couple days ago that just came up on the Black Hawk Fishing, which donated, they went out on a seal watch and Sunset Cruise. I heard about this. It was fantastic. Everyone loved it and had a great time, and they donated 100% of proceeds to the Miracle League. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. So that, that's why it's good to follow us on things like the Facebook page and the Absolutely. online, because those pop-up things will be advertised on there. And if you have any interest, know any children who'd like to participate in any of the sports, it's always advertised what's coming up and when sign-up is. One other thing we have to talk about is the gala. Playing for a Miracle Gala. Thank you. That is a fun, <laughs> it is baseball themed. Right. It, it is at the Mohegan Sun Arena. Right. In their newest ballroom. Um, it's fantastic when we went 2019. Right. The guest speaker was John Flaherty. He was great because he has connections to both the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he was an excellent speaker there and related a lot of the stories. Um, also involved are some I call them kids, they're yeah. grown men now, who okay. played baseball locally in the area. We right. got Pete Walker, Andrew Bailey, Tom Dolivan, and John McDonald, who are also now associated right. with Major League Baseball teams, like Pete Walker is the Toronto Blue Jays pitching coach and things like that. And they tend to, two things, they tend to come and attend right. and have a discussion on baseball and the other thing is they bring a lot of baseball memorabilia there you and go. we have a silent auction 
which is a big thing. Right? There you go. And two, go ahead. But I was going to say, before we forget, before I forget, we need to show pictures of the field and talk about the field. All right. Because we didn't. We missed. We missed the pictures of we the field. Didn't, we did miss the pictures of the field. So, Chris, if you would. Okay, there's the pictures of the field, and okay. we can go back and we talked about we had sure. our baseball season. Yeah. And the children just had a fantastic time. Absolutely. Um, we had uh, one of the pictures there was our mascot with the big head. To me, he looks like Mr. Matt. I okay, think that, right, exactly. I think that's what he was designed after. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can see how flat everything is, easy to roll on. There's no tripping hazards. Right. And it has been a gem for all of southeastern Connecticut. It has been. It has been. Up absolutely. and down the coast. And now we have two fields. And just to throw in there, there yes. is another group in the ex kind of checking out the idea now in Tolland of okay. building a third field. Really? Nothing is solidified yet. Nothing is concrete. But they're thinking about calling it the Miracle League of Northern Connecticut so that we could have a third field in <laughs> Connecticut, which would be fantastic. Fields all over the state. That's okay, though. Yes, it is. Absolutely, because you're, you're going you're gonna to hit all over the state. We've got a little bit more time left, so what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about, the, let's talk about the Oyster Festival again. Let's talk a little bit more about the Oyster Festival. Sure. You know what I forgot to mention before? What? It's totally free admission. Absolutely. You just walk in, have a good time. You have to check, you know, if you're going to be buying yep. one of the brews. You have right. to check your ID. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always lots of good food. And I said the bands have been excellent. I've yeah. enjoyed the music. Yeah. And so we all just keep our fingers crossed for good weather. Absolutely. No storms or hurricanes that no. day. Absolutely not. And, if, and the Oyster Festival is when again? One last time. Saturday, September 25th. Okay. 12 to noon to 6 p.m. 400 Main Street behind, behind St. John's Episcopal Church. And I hear something about Outer Light Brewing. And uh, <laughs> Outer Light Brewing and Graysale Brewing are both going to be there, and they are both donating 100% of their proceeds to the Miracle League yes. so that we can build our Phase 2 All Abilities Playground and our family bathrooms. Jim Grogan from the Miracle League, thanks for some time. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Thanks for inviting me, Pete. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Jim. On behalf of Jim Grogan, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night, and we'll see you next time.